0: It is the morning after with Nick and Big J. Big release in theaters this week is a little movie called The Lone Ranger. It comes out in theaters today, and uh, one of the people that's in that movie, his name is Earl Brown. You may recognize him from uh, Dan Doherty on Deadwood, a great show on HBO. Maybe even uh, you have watched something about Mary. We'll get into that in a second. But Dan joined us on the excuse me, uh, Earl joins us on the show this morning. Earl, how are you, man? Yeah, good. At home at the moment, so that's good. It's always nice to unwind uh, from a long day. I imagine things are, are, is this the busy time? Is there a particular time of year that's busier for you than other times? Yeah, not really. I mean,
1: you know, there's more of a flurry of auditions and meetings and stuff in like February and March because of pilot season. Um, but work-wise, no, it's pretty much year-round. I just, I've been gone from home. I, I had three things lined up back-to-back. Um, and I've been gone for a long stretch, and I've been home for a week now. So that's why I make a point of I'm sitting in my own house, <laughs> sitting in my own chair right now. And when I woke up this morning, as soon as my eyes opened, I
2: knew where I was. So. Does uh, You know, when, you, when you've got projects lined up back-to-back, and, and sometimes they might not be the longest uh, parts that, that you have to you have a long, committed time to being there, uh, do sometimes you get things just – like, hey, where am I supposed to be, kind of like you're saying.
1: And sometimes, uh, last fall, I mean, I'm lucky. These are problems i dreamt of having when I decided I wanted to be an actor. Uh, but last fall, I was in Vancouver for three months doing this TV show, Rogue, for direct TV. Um, and while I was there, I got offered the pilot of Bates Motel, and it was literally on the next soundstage. <laughs> um, so I, I took it. And I was staying in the same hotel. I literally would go out of a morning and think, all right, what, wait a minute, which car is picking me up? Because the, all the actors in Vancouver, everybody stays in the same hotel. Production puts everybody up, and there's a bunch of stuff goes on up there. So the vans would be coming to pick up actors for both shows, and I'd have to remember, all right, which one am I working on today? So, anyway, nice problems to have.
0: (laughs) You know, uh, you have done a a lot of stuff uh, in television and in film, a couple of guest spots on some TV shows. You've been uh, starring in some series as well. Is there a uh, preference there? Like, do you like the comfort of being a regular on a TV series, or do you like kind of coming in and doing your thing and then being able to go and do other stuff?
1: It's wherever the writing is. Um, I have never been stuck in a really long run on TV, I mean, the, the biggest thing I, I did was Deadwood, and we did, of course, with the cable shows, you're only doing 12 shows a year. Uh, you know, when you're on network shows, you're doing 22. You know, I haven't been stopped playing the same character uh, by rote for a long period of time. So, But Mike, as far as TV films, wherever the best writing is, generally speaking, that's mostly the cable TV series. It's where, you know, Breaking Bad just blows me away. Because HBO I had a litany of them, Deadwood being Deadwood, Sopranos, The Wire. That's what I prefer, because that's the foundation. The writing is the foundation to anything that you're creating. So,
0: Well, and you did some writing for Deadwood for a little while, if I remember right, right? Yeah, I worked on seasons two and three. I was on the writing staff. Uh, truth
1: be told, we all wrote on every episode. Uh, David Milch is the resident genius and the creator of that, and David rewrote us all. You know, one script has my name on it, sole credit, and I, I did write a big chunk of it. Um, but there's sections of it I had nothing to do with whatsoever. Likewise there are elements in other shows, you know, story elements or pieces of dialogue or whatnot that I came up with, um, turns of phrase. But um, that that's the way that process was. And it's unlike any there is no T V show like that. There is no situation like that. Uh, anywhere else in TV land that I've come across, but that's the genius of David Milch and the uniqueness of David Milch. So I'll
0: tell you what, Earl. As a diehard fan of Deadwood, I'm still waiting for those TV movies he promised us about four years ago, my friend.
1: Well, we about two years ago it came close to happening, um, and it actually got into a negotiation stage between companies because it's a long, complicated business story. But Paramount owned part of the title rights and. And it broke down in, in, in the negotiation. And I thought at that point, because David and I had lunch to talk about it, you know, what story was being told. And I, I know what he had in mind. Oh. And um, the, the, the true story, and we were going to deal with this in the arc of that show, the town flooded, like a massive flood, and then about six months later it burned to the ground. It burned completely. So you know, those are kind of biblical judgments, you know, on <laughs> Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> so we were going to uh, to get into that, and that was that was where the series was. It was going to eventually take us. Had we not been caught up in a, in a bad business negotiation, and we were treated as in pawn. So, yeah, it's, uh, it still holds up though.
0: Oh God, yeah. There's
1: a few things I've done over the years that, and that, that's at the top of the list. Uh, that and something about Mary is still funny. So if those are the two things that are on my headstone or in my old bit, I'll take it.
2: Uh h- how often do you have people coming up to you and, and, and may maybe know who you are and, and break out the Franken beans?
1: Generally people do not associate me with that unless I tell them. I mean, even people within the industry. One one of my exhilarating moments is of oh gosh, eight years ago I was working with Robin Williams, who's one of my heroes growing up. Um uh, he didn't know that I was Warren, and he was sitting there, we were, we were talking one day, and it, and it came up, and, and he goes, wait a minute, that's you? That, that's you? I said, oh, oh, do you, do you mean Mary? Yeah, that, yeah, that's me. Oh my God, I called people. I called, I said, where did they find this guy? That's, oh my God, that's you. So then Warren became, like you see him on talk shows, he's that way 90% of the time. So Warren became one of his recurring characters. So we would be doing a scene and cut, and he would break into Warren, start doing Warren. (laughs) One day I got this big grin on my face. He goes, what, what, what? I said, in high school, I memorized side one of reality, What a Concept. That was Robin's first comedy record. And I said, I used to steal jokes from you, and I would go around impersonating you in high school constantly. Now watching you do me something I created, that's pretty cool. (laughs) So that was one of my big Warren compliments. And then the other one, which was the biggest diss in the world, but I, I ended up taking it as a compliment. That movie was still in theaters. And I was doing a film called Lost Souls, and we had this scene where I get shot in, in front of this church. So we had like 300 extras, right? We're doing this scene where I'm, I'm, I'm killed when you find out that I'm with, in league with the devil, and they, they kill me. Um, but I'm in a van with a group of extras going back because we were at this church, and I had to park in extras parking. So I'm, I'm in the van with the extras, and I'm sitting next to this really cute girl. She's like 22, just out of college. You can tell she's come to Hollywood to make it in the pictures, and she was an extra in the thing, and, and she and this boy, who was kind of the male equivalent of herself, um, new to L.A. with stars in his eyes, they're talking about something about Mary. Oh, my God, that's the funniest movie. And the brother, oh, my God, the brother that... And I'm sitting right there, <laughs> and, and I, 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 she's in the middle. It's a bench seat in a, in a big white van, and I said, so, you guys, you like that movie? Oh, my gosh, that's the funniest thing I have ever seen. And I said, Warren, oh, my gosh, Frank Sinby, that was so funny. And I said, well, you know, it's me. I said, well, thank you. <laughs> I said, well, I'm, I'm Earl. I, I play Warren. I am Warren. I'm, I'm the guy you're talking about. She literally looked me from head to toe, curled her lip like I had farted in church, and turned her back to me. <laughs> and my first thought was, wait a minute. You, you... And then I realized she believed words so much that she thought I was scamming her. Um, so anyway, that was uh, awesome. my great backhanded compliment.
0: And that, that leads us to what you're up to uh, now. you got the Little Ranger coming out in theaters this weekend. And if, if for a movie of that size, that, that kind of budget, is it walking into a different world for something that most of us would be, I guess, uh, accustomed to?
1: Yes. When, when there's that kind of money on the line at stake, uh, in one way it's easier because you have the luxury of time to set things up. I mean, I'm dead on page 12. I'm the first ranger to get murdered, so it's not <laughs> like I'm the star of the movie.
0: Right.
1: Um, but I followed that. I used to play Lone Ranger as a kid. I still have my Fanner Fifty cap gun and my Lone Ranger badge that I got when I was five years old. In fact, I wore my Lone Ranger badge to the premiere of this movie, uh, um, <laughs> the, the Lone Ranger badge from when I was five. You know, there's a lot more time. I spent a lot more, a lot of downtime sitting in a hotel room waiting for them to need me. <laughs> um, and, and again, it's essentially one big scene. It's an action sequence. It's the big train sequence. And, uh, you know, this is the backstory. He became the lone ranger because all the other group of rangers get murdered. Uh, well, I'm the first one to go. But, um, it was, it was like playing Cowboys and Indians when I was a kid because that's what I grew up doing. I still have my Johnny West toys. Still have my actual Johnny West toys. Don't play with them that much anymore. <laughs> um, but they are there in my office.
0: Do they? Uh, uh, do they take it really seriously on set? Like, I mean, I imagine when you walk on, it's like transforming back in time and going back. In the, is it like that? Uh, I guess the whole way around. Do they try to make it as authentic as possible?
1: Oh yeah. Well, when 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 you have the the money, the the town they built the town, and we built a, a six mile railroad loop. So, and almost everything in this film, there's very little CGI. Almost everything is real. Um, there were a few things, a few horse stunts, like they're on mechanical. You can't tell it. You can't tell it in the film. But there were things like dangerous for horses to do. Um, so, uh, I don't want to spoil any part of the film. Uh, but there's a couple of sequences. There was actually an article in the LA Times today about this the special effects guy that built these stunt mechanical horses that army and johnny are on i i followed this and i and i had to be in it i told my agent so that got me in it because again it's it's it is exactly what i did when i was five years old <laughs> only the train was real the horses were real and i got paid
2: man it just sounds it just sounds like a, a huge machine and like you would picture it a huge movie picture back in the in the in the 50s and the 60s you know just kind of all. Oh, yeah. That's really great, and you got other projects going on. And you know, Nick and I were just talking about it because we've seen this trailer for this movie that looks hilarious that you were in Nights of Badassdom.
1: Oh, I don't know what's going on with that movie. It is hilarious. (laughs) It played at Comic Con two years ago, and some—I don't know. There's some kind of backstage machinations going on with the guy that funded it. That because it, it, it played to a roaring crowd at Comic Con. Uh, two, again two years ago now and it should have come out that fall uh, I, but yes it is a hilarious script and what I've seen of the film is hilarious but I don't know when it's ever
0: going to come out. We're looking forward to that is there, is there anything else on your agenda that, that you want us to keep an eye out for you in as well?
1: Uh, well draft day will be out um, the thing I just did with Kevin Costner it's about the NFL draft like Moneyball was to baseball this is to football uh, that should be out early next year uh, they don't have a release date. They haven't decided if they're going to release it during the NFL draft or if they're going to wait till football season starts next year um, because we just finished shooting. You know, there's a few irons in the fire. That's the only thing that's in the can that's coming up. i tell so. you what,
0: when uh, when draft day gets a release date, we want to have you on again because I could talk to you all afternoon, man. Uh, yeah. I love right. hearing your stories, dude.
1: Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate
0: it. Earl, I appreciate it, man. You take care of yourself, all right? All right.